What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. I'm your host, Madison, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joshua. What's up? And the topic on addiction that we're covering today is obvious, actually, for those of you who've been pretty close with us the past few years. But for the rest of you or any newbies here, what we are about to talk about will come as a complete shock. So here it is. We vape. (laughs) Yeah, e-cigarettes is what I'm talking about. So what I mean by that is we used to vape. And um, addiction in general has been something that's reared its head in a lot of different areas in our lives. But no other habit has really stuck around as long as vaping has. And it's been the hardest one that we've had to quit. And so what better way than to start off our addiction series with vaping? Um, In this episode, we really want to unveil just the world of vaping and share our struggles and hopes and that it helps one person who might be going through the same thing or have similar experiences. So I actually started vaping in 2014, 2015. So now is 2022, which has been almost seven years ago. Um, how I actually first ever was introduced to a vape was my cousins came over to my house and one of my older cousins, he had a vape with him. And I had known what e-cigarettes were, I guess, at the time, um, but had never tried one and never seen one. And he was like, hey, you should hit this. And I was like, oh, I don't do that. I don't smoke cigarettes. Like, I don't I don't use nicotine. And he was like, oh, well, this this uh, vape doesn't have nicotine in it. It's just water vapor mm. and um, juice and flavoring. You know, whatever. He, I think it was like strawberry kiwi, the flavor. So that's how he convinced me. He was like, there's nothing in this that you can get addicted to. It's just water vapor and juice. So I was like, okay. So I took a hit of it, and that was my very first time that I ever had anything go into my lungs besides air. And if you're somebody that has done it before, if you don't cough up a lung, it is this like rush type feeling like, whoa, I just like breathed something in and then exhaled it. So it was a very like cool feeling I felt like, but you know, maybe he was right. There wasn't any nicotine in it. So from then on, you know, I didn't vape going into high school. I didn't vape, you know, after junior high or anything like that. Um, that was my first experience. And so the second experience that I had with it was, um, one of my best friends, she, um, had a vape and was like, Hey, let's go get you one. Like, let's go to the smooth vape shop and, and go pick you out one. I was like, okay, let's do it. So we went, didn't tell our parents where we were going. Pretty sure my parents had life 360 anyway. So they probably tracked me there and just didn't say anything. But, um, (laughs) I was there and got the vape, got like the lowest percentage nicotine that you could get out of the juice. Cause at this place you could like choose your percentage. Like one, like 2% or five. Nick level 9,000. Nick level 9,000. If you know that, if you know that YouTube video, please let us know. Best YouTube video out there. Um, so that was really great. Got the vape. It was one of those giant, like smock, like alien ones. I mean, it takes up your whole hand just to hold it. You know, you're like, and just creating like, <laughs> creating huge clouds, like so unnecessary to where like the whole room is filled with smoke. So, you know, it's fun to learn how to do vape tricks and things like that. So that's kind of how I got into it is having my first vape by myself. And really when I started, it was just like, you know, I'd get together with my friend or we'd have a group of friends that had vapes and we'd vape together. Um, but it didn't. That sounds fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> so cool. We were so cool. Um, but you know, having your own, that kind of led me down the path of, okay, eventually I started hitting it alone in my room, you know, hiding from my parents or, um, I would hit it, you know, in my car so they couldn't see, but it was still very few times a day or socially. But 
Then moving from the smock, I got a smaller vape that I could fit into my pocket. It was called like a little nugget. I think it literally was called the nugget. And so that's when it became more portable for me because used to it would never leave my house. And then over time, then I'd put it in my pocket. I would take it with me in the car. I would, you know, have it in my purse if I were to go and go out, you know, with my friends and see a movie or something. So it became portable at that moment, which led my habit to increase even more. Mm. Then you move to college, you get jewels, jewels come out. And if you don't know what a jewel is, it's a vape um, that you charge, but it looks like a little skinny flash drive. And so you can pretty much fit it anywhere, like in your bra, you know, you know, very, very discreetly in a pocket, in a shoe. And so that, you know, led to an even more use of it. Um, and then, you know, kind of ending with like your disposables where these don't have to be charged, but as soon as they run out of juice, you throw them away and you go buy a new one. So like, it just became so easy to get them. Um, and so easy to just like throw them away, not think about it, go drive and buy a new one. Mm. It's like $10, $20. So you don't think you're spending a lot of money at the time, but once you, I mean, golly, if, if you told me a total of how much I've spent on vaping, I think I would shoot myself in the head. Like if I actually saw the number that would be so so bad so probably thousands oh easily thousands i bet it's ten thousand or more dollars on vape oh i guarantee it i guarantee oh it oh my goodness because think about it it's been seven years like that was like freshman sophomore year of high school is when i got my own so you know i had had that previous experience with my cousin before that in middle school but like having my own i mean that was freshman year of college that's when i was 14 years old <laughs> Yikes. Right? Yeah. So it's it's been a long time. Um, but that's kind of my history with vaping and how it started versus kind of what it led to. And we'll go deeper into it in just a little bit. But Josh, how in the world did you get into vaping? Like, did you ever want to smoke? Did you never want to smoke? What was your history with it? You know, I I wouldn't say I ever wanted to smoke, but I also wouldn't say I never didn't want to smoke. I guess I was just indifferent to it. But how I got exposed to vaping, I was at my high school. And at lunch, we had off-campus lunch where you could drive wherever you wanted. You had like an hour and 10 minutes or so. And you could go eat wherever you wanted with whoever you wanted. And I was riding with some guys that I graduated. I'd call them friends, but I don't know if we were really friends. Um, And they were all hitting this vape. And back then, it looked like what a dab panel looked like or just a long battery with the old school, like cartridge that you can see the juice in it and has the metal tip on it and... I was looking at it and thinking this thing was just like crazy. I thought they were doing drugs. I mean, the guys that I had gone to lunch with that day were known that they did, or was known that they smoked weed. And so I was like, oh, heck no. I you thought it was I weed. I smoking this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this. And you uh, still had to go back I had, to school. I hadn't drank. Yeah. We, like it's halfway through the day. We're about to go back into class. <laughs> and so I see them all hitting this and um, they're talking about it. They offer it to me and I was like, nah. And then they were kind of teasing me, and I was like, I'm not going to fail a drug test over this. I was just so um, uninformed on what it actually was. I mean, I didn't even know what vaping was, honestly. And so they handed it to me. They're like, yeah, you're not going to fail a drug test. This isn't even weed. This is like just vape. So I hit it, and I'm not really sure if I went straight into vaping from then on, but I think that year or the next year is when I got my first vape. Um, What was your first vape? My first vape was a, that was personally mine. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I bought this box mod thing. It was a battery the size of like a. <laughs> a deck of cards. Yeah. Uh, a little bit bigger. Wow. Like uh, thicker, not not wider. Okay. But yeah, close to a deck of cards. And it had this thing on there called a drip mod, I think is what it was. <laughs> and essentially drip, drip. what it was is this like 
tube on the top that you can pull off and then it's got the coils which is what atomizes the vape and the juice or whatever i don't know but you'd have the cotton there and you'd drip the juice onto the cotton into the coils and then you'd hit it immediately and the purpose of my first vape was to get the most amount of smoke so you could do vape tricks did you blow sound like a tool saying that oh yeah i blew o's i did the double i did (laughs) i did all the tricks i could do dragon i i i yeah Wow, you're vape god over here. No kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's how I got into it. We were um, had a upperclassman buy it for me back then. It was you had to be 18 then, and I was like 16 or 17, and mm-hmm. transitioned from vaping to dipping because that was what baseball players do. And um, then I quit dipping to start vaping, or I started vaping to quit dipping. I guess would be the better way to say that. And so, all in all, vaping has been really a part of my life since then there's been times where I went without it for months and then I'd quit dipping and I'd go straight back to it or Mm -hmm. vice versa and so um that's that's kind of how I wanted or how I got into it I don't think I ever really wanted to get here knowing what I know now I wish I had never hit a vape honestly facts and just stuck to that and just been ignorant um on that you know and just chose to stay there but that's how my whole world started with vaping um, but I wanted to ask, in those moments when you first started vaping, why were you doing it? I want to hear what, what was going through a girl's head at that same age that I was. But do you remember your thought process back then? What was going on? Man, I don't know. I think part of it is growing up, I was always a goody two-shoes. You know, I grew up wanting to people please, wanting to do the right thing, get the straight A's, you know, be the best on whatever team I was on because I had you know, I found out as a child that that gives you rewards. That gives you like what you think is confidence as a child. And so that has kind of what I, what I had built my identity on was like, oh, I'm such a good girl. And so like once I had taken that first puff of my cousins, I was like, ooh, I'm bad. And this feels kind of good. You know, it was just like that, like you're not supposed to do something feeling. I mean, Josh and I both went to um, a Baptist college and you're not allowed to have alcohol on the campus there. And so it was so much more fun like to be drinking in college like when you're not supposed to because right. you could get caught right. and also like you were under 21 so it's like two bad rules that you're breaking and getting away with it and like there's something about our human nature our sinful human nature where like sin feels good and like making mistakes and doing bad things like it, it feels good if it didn't we wouldn't do it and it wouldn't be a struggle for us to do so I think I just for the first time tasted the experience of like oh I don't have to be this good girl and like people like me for that you know like my cousins were like, Ooh, you're so bad. You know, people, I mean, people are hyping you up because they want you to do the bad things with them. And I shouldn't even call them bad things. I'm not here to say like vaping is good or bad, more just like talk about our experience. But like in our minds, if that's something that's not healthy for us, it's fun when people are, you know, getting excited because you're being the bad girl. And I, Mm. so, so I think that that's how like that feeling is what started it all. And because I have an addictive personality, I got addicted to it. Whereas like some people can have that feeling and feel cute and then, you know, not get addicted and not want to have their own vape and continue doing it themselves. So it's just, it's a funny, funny line. That is funny. You say your addictive personality type, take me through that. Are there like smokers in your family? Have you always been addicted to something or what even is like an addictive personality type? Is that a thing? Yeah. I think two things play into it. Um, one thing being your environment and another being genetics. And so if, you know, you grow up with parents and they are both smokers your whole life and then right when you're born, they stop and you never see a cigarette, you never see anything, you know, you vaping or smoking isn't a part of your home at all, you're going to have a much 
like less likely chance of somebody that also is predisposed to having like addictive parents. And you also got that passed down, but now they live in an environment where the parents are still smoking and mm. they're smoking cigarettes around them every day because your parents can tell you one thing, but their actions are what you follow. Mm. And so, you know, I think it's very important to, to know that both things play into it. You have to have some type of genetic backtrack of like people in your family that have dealt with dealt with addiction because it's passed on through our genes and that's scientifically proven, but it's only about 40%. The other 60% is environment, which is things that we can control. And so later on, we'll give you guys some takeaways of like, if you're in this scenario, how to stop vaping or want to get out of it. And like, that is 60% of the battle is putting yourself in an environment around people in your home where vaping, smoking isn't an option because you can't see it anymore. Mm -hmm. It completely takes that temptation away. Um, and there's, you know, good and bad ways to do that. But all that to say, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's been interesting having that type of personality for me because my parents were smokers. You know, I, I know for sure both my parents smoked up until they were like 30, 35 years old. And so my mom had me at 39. My dad was 35, I believe he's a little bit younger than my mom. Um, and they both, that's what they did. They stopped smoking around me. So I never grew up smoking cigarettes, seeing people smoke cigarettes. That was so foreign to me. I remember one time I went to um, a family reunion and like all the, you know, parents were outside on the patio drinking beers and playing beer pong and stuff. And the kids were just like playing in the front yard and in the house. And I remember like going outside to ask my mom for a snack or like to go get something from her. And I saw her smoking a cigarette, like some one that <gasps> my, oh, one that my mom or one that my aunt had given her or like somebody had given her. And I was like bawling my eyes out. And I was like, how could you do this mom? Like you're so terrible. Like I literally shamed her so bad, like her and my dad. Cause I think my dad eventually <laughs> was smoking a cigarette too. But like anytime my parents did that or they would say a cuss word, like I would cry because I just was like, it just hurt me to my core to hear them do that. And so it's funny how like now I've like adopted all of their behaviors, even though in the beginning I like didn't approve of them. So I think that just more goes to add to my point, that like the environment that you're in mm -hmm. is going to be everything on it. But um, having an addictive personality for me has mostly been genetic because I did not have that environment growing up. So I did not struggle with addiction until I got to, you know, the summer before my college, you know, mm. send off. And so once I got to college, once I was away from the environment that my parents had created and I wasn't like super crazy strict. Like if I had got caught vaping or smoking cigarette, like my parents wouldn't have killed me. They would have just been like, Hey, you know, talk to me through it or whatever. So I felt like I could always go to them about it, which is why I never partook in it. I didn't feel the need to, I didn't feel that need to rebel. But once I was in college and I had a basketball coach who was like telling me everything I could and couldn't do. And, and I was away from that environment. Now I'm in an environment with college kids, other kids vaping. Now I see it for myself. Always. That's, when my addictive personality was triggered yep. because my environment had changed. Hmm. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, kind of, kind of talk to me about vaping, social vaping, how it's affected your social life. Um, and like what has it, ha what impact has it had when you're with a group of people? Hmm. I think in uh, like the easiest way to say this is vaping took away from my life. And it might have not have taken away my life, but it took away from it. And what I mean by that is whenever I was in social settings, whenever I'm around family, let's use family, for example, because family doesn't know that we vape and we try to hide that from them. Whenever I'm in those moments, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll hit the vape. I'll go out to the car and I'll hit the vape. I'll find reasons to go somewhere where no one can see me to hit it. 
And I think that's where it all started for me realizing that like it might not be the right thing to do if I'm mm. having to hide to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I saw in my social life is it, it took away my focus. It took away my presence with others because I'm always looking to go hit my vape. Mm-hmm. Hitting my vape doesn't even like do anything to me or didn't do anything to me at that point because it, the buzz only started at the beginning. And then um, as you start getting used to it and you start hitting it more often, you start taking more nicotine per se to get you a buzz. Um, it doesn't really do anything. It's just a, a bad habit. What I found is that whenever I'm with a group of people, whether I'm running to the bathroom to hit it or whatever, I'm also losing my focus whenever I'm there because I'm no longer listening to the words that these people are saying. The, whatever we're doing, the whole group activity, I'm, I'm now focused on finding an opportunity for me to go hit my vape. So I, I noticed that part. Um, in terms of, of friends, groups of people, there's friends that you take the vapes with and there's friends that you mm-hmm. leave the vapes hidden. You don't want certain people to know, but you know some people do vape and it's okay to take it around them. And so you start finding yourself hanging out with a different group of people more. You start finding yourself um, not being true to who you are. Because, I mean, I think in reality you are who you are. If you vape, you're a vapor. And whenever you, you have to restrict yourself, even whenever it's as simple as not taking a vape somewhere, you start showing up a little differently. You start choosing to hang out with a different group of friends more than maybe others where you wouldn't be vaping. And so as far as like my social life, it, it did that. On top of that, whenever I hit a vape, it, it hurts my stomach. It gives me an upset stomach. And so it would send me to the bathroom whenever I would hit it. And then whenever I was in the bathroom, I'd be hitting it. And so I'd come back and I'd be lethargic. I'd be tired. I'd be like, I just took a dump, you know, <laughs> just kind of like blah. And so that's, that's kind of the impact it's had on me socially, I think. But is there anything you'd like to add to that? Well, I was going to actually witness? ask you another question. Um, for those of it, for the people who don't know, like, why is it, why is it specifically bad for you and why does it hurt your stomach? Cause overall it's not good for your intestines. Like I've noticed within myself, mm-hmm. like I have, you know, habitual diarrhea whenever I vape and I have stomach cramping and nausea in the morning. Like there's a lot of, you know, real sticky poop. Yeah. Ew, that's so true. But it, like sticky poop. If you vape, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sticky poop. That should resonate with you. <laughs> um, but if not, like, um, yeah, just, yeah, just kind of tell, tell them about your allergy and tell them what, what's going on with that. So specifically to me, I have a disease called alpha gal. I got bit by a lone star tick and this tick carries a disease that makes you allergic to all mammalian byproduct, whether it's the meat, whether it's bone, whether it's fat, whatever it is, I'm, I'm basically allergic to it if it comes from a mammal down to their fur. So He literally can't wear wool socks. Yeah. Um, so basically, there's something in vape juice. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's gelatin. It's I don't glycerin. know if it's glycerin. Is it glycerin? Yeah, there's glycerin in most Glycerin vapes. is, I believe, animal fat. It's uh, processed through bone animal fat. Whatever it is. And so... This glycerin that's in the vape juice that I'm inhaling is causing me to have reactions. Now, it's not a reaction as if I were to go eat a a rib or a Mm -hmm. hamburger or something like that to where I'm like incapacitated and need to seek attention. But these reactions are minuscule enough to where I don't have to go do anything about it and it's not killing me, but it's affecting me tremendously. So whenever I hit a vape, it takes my breath away for one. Um, for two, makes me lose my appetite. Three, it hurts my stomach. And I mean, when I say hurt my stomach, I mean, it's, it's like you're lactose intolerant. You're eating dairy. It's like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. helping. And so this disease that I have is, is really a blessing in disguise. I, I remember praying one day 
And I was asking God whenever I was dipping all the time, I was like, God, I want to quit dipping. I don't want to dip anymore. I don't want to vape. I don't want to have all these vices. Like, help me quit. I don't know what needs to happen or what needs to change, but I need something to. Mm-hmm. And a few months later, I went and got tested for Alpha Gal, and I found out that dip has glycerin in it, and vape juice has glycerin in it. And because it has these two ingredients, I'm now allergic to them. So them in themselves, by themselves, they're no harm to me. But whenever I start introducing it to myself, it's it's bad. Mm-hmm. And so what, what God answered in my prayer was, he answered that prayer for me. I no longer can dip. I no longer can vape because I am allergic. And if I do, I have the repercussions. But if I don't, I don't miss out on any life. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best answer to any prayer because it's a constant reminder of the prayer that got answered. Mm-hmm. But that's that's why vaping to me is is what it is. I can't do it anymore. I can't have it in my life. I can't have it as a part of my daily routine or habits because I literally am allergic to it. So crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. That's it's crazy. So crazy. It sucks, but I'm so glad. I know, <laughs> right? Know? Yeah, it's such a blessing in disguise, especially, too, because, like, that is not how you wanted that prayer to be answered. Like, you no. didn't want to have to, like, suffer and not be able to eat steak with the rest of us. But, like, not only has it helped you stop vaping, it's helped you, like, cook different foods that are really healthy, have a lot of omega-3s, mm-hmm. like, in fish and, like, we're eating a lot more fish and chicken and, you know, vegetables. So we're we're getting a lot of things that we weren't before. Sim- and me, too, simply because I live with you and you can't eat certain things. So what you eat, I eat most of the time or else it's double the money or more time mm-hmm. for me to cook my own thing. So it's been, like, a total total blessing that we would have never expected from the very first diagnosis. I was like, he can't eat steak. He can't eat right. milk. What are you talking about? Butter? Are you serious? Exactly. <laughs> and that was, that was the other answer to the prayer. Whenever I was asking God to help me quit my vices, like dipping and vaping, I also asked God, I need help in my nutrition. I need help in direction. I want to be able to eat healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to be someone who's active and is fueling my body. And now in you're doing coach. that, I'm allergic <laughs> to all the crap that was bad for me. All the candy I used to eat, I'm allergic to. All the chocolate, all the crap, the ice cream, the can't have any of it. What I can have is like protein, vegetables, fruits, grains, and stuff, stuff that I'm supposed to eat. And so in a big roundabout way, I found out that this allergy was actually the answered prayer, but it was also the solution to a lot of my problems in life. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome. So why do you think vaping really is the hardest to quit? Why has it been the hardest thing for us to quit in terms of, you know, drinking? We stuck, we struggled with drinking for a little while. There's other things that we want to open up with later on in the podcast about what we've struggled with addiction-wise. But, like, of all the things, when it's come time to quit, why has vaping been the hardest? Hmm. Do you remember what your vices were before vape? <laughs> Yeah. So I think I'm orally, an orally fixated person. So like literally from the time I was born until I was eight, maybe 10, I don't remember exactly, but somewhere between eight to 10, I sucked my thumb like at school, like publicly, privately, like all the time I sucked my thumb. Interesting. Then my parents were like, Hey, um, we will buy you a hamster if you stop (laughs) sucking your, if you stop sucking your thumb. And I was like, Hell yes, I will do it. I wanted a hamster so bad. Give me that gerbil. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I stopped sucking my thumb. And guess what these bitches did? They bought me two parakeets, like birds. I didn't even <laughs> want birds, but they like, I guess they went to the pet store that day and there was no hamsters for sale, like all the hamsters that had been bought. So like, 
eh, I'm sure she'll like some birds. <laughs> but she got parakeets. My mom got parakeets. You're not supposed to put them in the ca- in cages together because they're like loner birds. They're like supposed mm-hmm. to be by themselves mm-hmm. because if they're together, they'll like bond like mates and then they like won't mess with anybody else. So in terms of like keeping them domesticated, you want to have separate parakeets, let them fly around together in an open space, but like their cages are their own homes or else mm-hmm. they'll like pair together and hate the person that's feeding them. So that's exactly what happened to me. My mom put them in the same cage, these two birds. They bonded with each other. They hated my guts. And every time I tried to feed them or like get them out of their cage, they would peck my hands off. And y'all, I'm not literally like lying. Y'all think I'm lying, but this is true facts. So I had two birds, Darlin, she was the girl, she was yellow, and little buddy, he was a green parakeet. They were like lovers once they were together. And Darlin died one day. Like, I just found her in the cage dead. I don't know what happened to her. And I'm not kidding you. The next day, little buddy died as well. And he had a huge open wound on, like, right over his heart, like his chest area on his feathers. And it had looked like he had, like, pecked all of the feathers, like, off of his, like, spot over his heart. And there was, like, a puncture in it. So, like, me and my mom... Literally, like, this bird committed suicide. It was, like, lover's suicide. Like, oh Darlin died, gosh. and he was, like, can't live without her. I'm out. And so, in two days, I had two dead birds and still no hamster. So, should have just kept sucking my damn thumb. <laughs> because after because after that, I was, like, screw this. I'm not listening to y'all anymore. Then I, I still, like, I broke the habit of sucking my thumb, but that's when I started biting my nails. Mm. So, I started biting my nails. Then I started vaping, and then I tried to stop vaping, so I'd go back to biting my nails or bite the inside of my mouth. Like, that's something that I'm kind of self-conscious about is I'll like bite my lips real bad because of anxiety. Mm. So I think I've just taught myself ever since I was a baby to calm myself down, to fixate myself um, on oral things. And that, um, that calms me down. So I think that answers the question. Why is it so hard to quit vaping is because vaping takes over all those old vices, all the old habits, all the old Mm. little things that we do, whether it's eating the inside of our mouths or, I don't know, sucking your thumb, whatever it might be. I think I think the reason why vaping is so hard to quit is because, like you mentioned earlier, the, the discretion of it. Mm-hmm. I could hold one of those things in my hand to be talking right next to you and you'd have no clue that it's in my hand. I think it's it's hard because you can do it whenever you're alone. You can do it out in public. You can have it in your sleeve and just act like you're scratching your chin in class and you can hit it in class. I think vaping's hard is because we've made it hard on ourselves. You know, I think... In reality, whenever it comes to quitting vaping, it's it's not so much you missing the chemical nicotine or you missing the vape. It's just the habit of picking something up, bringing it to your mouth, <sighs> inhale and exhale, and then doing it again a few minutes later or a minute later or seconds later, whatever it is. And I think that is that is why it's the hardest is because it's become such a part of our regular life that it seems like we're missing something that's so crucial. Another part of it is your brain only knows how to keep you safe. It knows what it knows right now, and it's kept you alive. And based on those experiences, based on your past, based on everything you've gone through in life, your body Mm -hmm. knows that this keeps you safe, this keeps you alive. I'm going to keep doing this. It hasn't killed me yet, so I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, and our brains love change. Right. Or, or, sorry. Hate change. I, hate change. Our brains hate change. And so they're going to do everything they can to stay in whatever cycle you're in, whether it's good or bad. Right. And despite your brain knowing that it's a bad cycle, it still only knows that cycle as survival. And that's your brain's primary, like, purpose is to keep you alive, keep you safe. And so I think whenever it comes to vaping, that's what sums it up. 
is your frequency of it. If you expose yourself to it for seven years and you have it every single day, it's going to be a lot harder for you to quit than someone who only had it for three months and did it once every couple days. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a habit that you've put on yourself. And so I think, yeah, there's there's the part of wanting the nicotine, I guess, if if you're feeling that. But I don't, I didn't ever feel the nicotine after I'd done it for a week. Right. And so I think it's just the habitual pulling it up, mm-hmm. putting it down. Having something to do. I think we're also always wanting to escape reality. I don't know about you, but in my life, I know that I'm always craving more. Whenever I'm eating sugar, I want more sugar. Whenever I'm eating, drinking a soda, I want more soda. I want more Gatorade. I want more of this. I want more of everything. And where where the difference lies with vaping compared to, like, say, drinking, if I always want more drinks, I can go get more drinks, but there's going to come a point where I cannot walk, I cannot talk, and I cannot go and get another one. I'll be incapacitated. I'll be drunk. I'll be mm-hmm. incoherent. And so when it comes to vaping, I could hit a vape a thousand times right now. And besides shortness of breath, damage <laughs> to my lungs, and like maybe coughing, I wouldn't feel any different than I do right now. I might feel more lethargic and stuff, but you can do it anywhere, whenever. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to put you over an edge where you cannot function. It's not going to do anything. And so I think it's just become a way of life. It's become normalized especially with them becoming portable, everyone having them. Um, it's just hard. Whenever it's been a part of your life for that long, it, it is hard to quit. Yeah, it's super hard to quit. I I kind of answered my own question, I agree with you, just by kind of talking about the experience. But it's definitely something that um, is a mind battle more than a body battle. Now, there, there's chemicals like your body's like, I need the nicotine. Your brain is actually releasing chemicals telling you, I need this, I need this. Um but more than any other addiction, it is the most habitual one, like you said, because you can be vaping all day and it could not affect your work. It could not affect your marriage. I mean, you can literally just be doing it as something to pass the time or to fill the boredom. Whereas like if you're taking drinks all day, every day, like people are going to notice, you know, right. it's going to be very right. apparent that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And so I think with this addiction, it doesn't feel as big of a problem, which is what makes it worse because your volume of it is so much more. So it's just, you know, outweighing what kind of addictions you deal with in your life and are they affecting you day to day or are you hiding them? Are you, you know, does your family know about them? Like there's so many questions to ask yourself of like, what is this addiction doing to you? And do you want to stop and why? It's not just, oh, I should stop because I know it's bad for me. That's never going to get you there. That I've literally <laughs> tried to quit 69 times, probably more, like actually more. I've probably tried to quit vaping. Mm, we'll just say 69 times as an average because that's a great number. Great number. But like, Outside of that, I've told myself, oh, yeah, you've got to quit vaping. Even the other day, like like about a month ago, our friend came over and was telling us, like, one of his friends was in the hospital, and he had, you know, gotten some some vomit stuck in his lung, which normally, you know, can kill you, but for someone of our age, you should be able to give him the Heimlich or cough it out. Like He should be able he to should cough be, it out on He his should own. have been able to cough it out on his own, but he wasn't able to, and he had to be intubated and, like, almost died. They found him with his body basically blue because his lungs were not strong enough to cough it out on its own, and they said that a main contributor of his weak lungs has been from years of vaping, and this kid's 25. So it's like, what am I you know, blindly doing to my body that, you know, if I get into a car wreck or I get into some situation where I could have done better, but because the, you know, the 
the state of my lungs is so weak, I die. Are you kidding me? I'm not freaking dying because of like vaping. Like, Heck no. like I'm done with it. You know what I'm saying? So even that strong of a story, when someone told me that, I think I hit a vape like maybe two or three days after that, like a friend's vape or something. So it's like even a story that strong will leave you motivated for like a week to quit, but it's not going to carry you mm-hmm. to actually stop being someone that vapes. What does carry you through that then? Yeah. What is your advice for someone who's wanting to quit? Maybe they notice the bad habit that they're living in. They notice the fatigue. They notice the bad stomach, whatever it is, whatever the reason is for quitting. Having gone through that multiple times, having known what works and what doesn't, what would you suggest to somebody who's wanting to do that to take those steps? It's hard because I feel like personality does play a role into it. Each person, what they can handle does matter in terms of trying to quit. Um, I think the best way is to, is to, with vaping specifically, not other addictions. Like if you're addicted to pills or alcohol, like sometimes going cold turkey can kill you. And so you should like go to a center, like a rehab facility where they can guide you through those withdrawals. But for something like vaping, because it's really just an inconvenience and uncomfortable feeling, like you're not going to be sweating or, you know, vomiting because you don't have a vape. You're just going to be pissed off and kind of moody because you're used to having it. So your brain's going to be like almost in that fight or flight mode because it doesn't have it. But, like, if you can cold turkey quit and, like, go through one week of, like, dealing with the crap and, like, getting through the moodiness and all, like, you know, the bad moods that you go through, um, after that first week, it is going to be so different. You're going to feel different. Your cravings for the vape are going to go down over 50%. And so I say if that's your goals, like, hey, I want to quit tomorrow, like, focus on just one week, like seven days of not vaping. And then once you get to the end of that seven days, like do maybe five more days, then five more days after that, like take it in chunks and to give yourself small wins. Cause if you go into it thinking I can never hit a vape again for the rest of my life, that is like a super daunting feat for somebody that's been vaping every single day for seven plus years. And it's a depressive, um, way to talk to yourself or way to talk to your brain because mm-hmm. your brain knows no different. Your brain is trying to get you to say, hey, no, we need this. We have to have this. This is comfortable for us. We need this, bro. But what you're telling your brain whenever you say that is, I'm never hitting a vape again. You're putting your brain into shock. You're Mm -hmm. not helping your case. An easy way, Madison said, focus on a week. An easier way, I think, is just be like, okay, I've been a vapor, but I'm not going to vape today. And then when tomorrow comes, you wake up and you say, I'm not going to vape today. Maybe tomorrow. Like even like kind of tell yourself that. That helped me. Like when you, when I was really struggling with it, you told me, you're like, hey, you can't hit a vape today, but maybe we can hit one tomorrow. And like knowing in the back of your mind, you're not going to hit one tomorrow. But if you kind of give your brain that like, okay, maybe feeling, it like loosens the the stress. It does. And and there's there's some caution to be used there too. Whenever you're telling yourself you can have it tomorrow or whatever, that tomorrow is a figure of speech. It's hypothetical. It's mm-hmm. it's not literal. What we mean by that is nowhere ever in today will I ever hit a vape. When tomorrow comes, it's now today. Mm-hmm. There's no more tomorrow. Tomorrow's always tomorrow and it's always unreachable. Right. So live in the present moment. Live for the day and say, today I'm not going to. Wake up. If you have to write it on your mirror, write it on your mirror. Put it as your phone background. Find a way to do it, but just telling yourself and the way you speak to yourself, if I can I can do it for just one more day is what will help you get through that. Yeah. I think another tip, that's really good. I think another tip to add to it is not only do you have to make the vape invisible if you're going to quit cold turkey, but you also have to 
add another habit to it. So you can't just take away a habit and expect your brain to be okay. You have to replace it with something else. So if that's every time you think about a vape, you go, you go before you you decide to quit, you go buy yourself a water bottle. It's the prettiest water bottle you've ever seen. You love it. You want to carry it around everywhere. A nice bendy straw, metal straw, whatever makes you feel good. Okay. And every time you think about that vape, you go take three big sips of water and you take a deep breath and you exhale. If you don't feel... Just inhale the water. (laughs) Yeah, drown yourself. No, I'm kidding. Um, But literally, like, take take the habit of hitting your vape and now place your water bottle in your mouth. And I say a straw because I think it's helpful because when you put your mouth on a vape, you make that O like shape with your mouth. It's like sucking a straw. And so if you, mm, you're still doing the facial muscles, you're still doing similar things, but now you're hydrating yourself and you're, you're giving your, you're giving yourself back what you would be taking away. Mm. You know, if you were to hit a vape before you're taking away maybe a minute of your life, let's just say that vaping kills you, you know, it's like, see it as, okay, every time I hit this vape, I'm losing one minute of my life. Every time I drink a sip, three sips of water, I get one minute back of my life. You know, mm. so it's like, see it as what you're putting into your body is helping you and what you're not doing isn't taking away from you anymore. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Any other, any other tips or tricks for how people can kind of take a step forward if this is something that they struggle with? Mm. I think a lot of our, our age people, our generation don't consider what we're doing to ourselves. We mm. don't consider the food we're eating. We, we don't consider, yeah, we, we don't, like we really do. We don't think that what we're doing is harming to us. And in reality, I think we all know it. I think we all believe that. I think we all recognize that, that it's not, but we don't care enough or we don't act like it. You know, this world seems like it's not that great to live in. The people above us seem miserable. The It, it just seems like, well, what else is there to do? I did this when I was young and it was fun and I did this around all my buddies. I'll do it now, but. I think the first step to quitting is recognizing kind of what you're saying is the differences between quitting vaping and the reason as to why you're quitting vaping. Stopping vaping, stopping vaping, vaping, stop, whatever, um, is is very mental. You have to have your reason as to why. If your reason is so that you want to hang out with your kids, write that down. Put mm-hmm. it on your phone screen. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. Put it in your wallet, in your car. If you If you vape in the car, put their picture there. Be like, no, I will choose not to. But start being aware of what it is that you're actually doing and the reasons behind it, and that'll get you a lot further than I'm going to quit vaping. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next thing is find some accountability. And I'm not talking about your friend. I'm not talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your husband, your girlfriend, boyfriend. I'm talking about find some accountability. Find a mentor. Find someone you don't want to tell that you vape. Find someone who's actually going to hold you accountable and, and tell them if you're serious about it, everyone's wanting to help. We're all just broken people trying to figure out this thing called life and we're here to help each other along the way. And if you ever need help stopping vaping, you know two people you can call right now. Absolutely. And one more thing I want to add too is like, one thing that you have to do when it's time to quit vaping, I think the thing that helped us the most when it was time for us to quit was we have to leave zero room for justification. There's no reason to vape. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been doing good for four days. Oh man, I had a terrible fight with my mom. I had a terrible fight with my husband, friend, whatever. So I'm so stressed. I have to have a vape. 
Because your brain's going to try to get you back to it. Like the more stress, the higher amount of stress you feel, the more your brain's going to be like, you need it, you need it, you need it. It'll make you feel better. Because that's what it's used to. That's what it knows. It thinks it's trying to help you. Like you said earlier, our brain knows no difference between good and bad, just Mm -hmm. what's normal and what's consistent. And so um, take away any chance for you to justify that what you're doing is okay. And if you start to have those thoughts of, oh, but this is just this one time or just because of this, like just because is a great lead into why you shouldn't do something. Mm. And so Mm. if you're going to stop vaping, like you have to make the clear decision that you aren't just not vaping for the time you don't vape. You are not someone that vapes. Make it a part of your characteristics, a part of your integrity, a part of your, I mean, identity, not integrity, but like, you are someone that doesn't do these things. And so you have to know that you're that type of person and take away any reason to move out of that state and to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it today because of this. You know, mm-hmm. get rid of that. There's no justification at all. There's none at all. Nope. It's got to be this or that. My last piece of advice would be to pick. I think if you've tried vaping or you're wanting to stop vaping, you've probably tried on your own before. And I think the easiest word that I can give someone whenever they're deciding to quit, is choose. Choose right now that you want to quit or choose right now that you don't want to quit. Because the worst thing you can do is sit and try to quit and try to quit and try to quit and mentally abuse yourself over the course of years because you don't take the actual steps to quit because you really don't want to. Find out if this is something that you really want to do and be impeccable with your word. Like Madison was saying, I'm not a smoker. I'm not a vapor. I will not go to that vape store. I will not go do this or whatever it is and just decide because the worst thing you can do is just keep beating yourself up. Yeah. And each time you have the opportunity to go back to old habits and you choose not to and you choose, okay, I really want to go into that vape store right now because I'm driving by it. Nope. I'm going to keep driving, put my sunglasses on, keep looking at the road. I'm not stopping. You know, that is building confidence. That's mm-hmm. teaching yourself, oh, I can do the things that I say that I'm going to do or that I say I'm not going to do. And you start letting your mind know that what you say is what goes and that you're in control of the driver's seat now, not your mind and your emotions mm-hmm. and how you feel and the addictions and things that you want. Like you're in control and you have to take back the wheel. Right. That is a great way to end the episode, Josh. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, Thank you guys for spending the last 30, 40 minutes with us. We are so glad you are here. Um, If you are somebody that struggles with this type of thing, we don't want to do it alone. You know, we don't want to know that we're the only addicts out here. So please email us at thelaunchpad at gmail.com. And um, we would love to open up conversations with you guys. Here's some more questions. If you have questions that didn't get answered, we would love to do a part two. So please send them in. Um, and we will we will get that going for you guys. Um, other than that, please follow us on Instagram. I'm Madison Launch, um, all one word, and so is Joshua Launch, all one word. It's where you can find us online, on Facebook, um, and right here at the Launchpad Podcast. So thank you guys so, so much for joining us, and as we will see you in the next one. See you later. Bye.